Correct. That's what I tell everyone. Like your 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 contact and your phone. This is multi millions or billions. When you go there, don't go looking as a sales guy. Go looking as a person who's expensive. It means like if you're really not good at schools, go to sales. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Take Charge podcast and today we are back with the one and only Dr. Anna. Again, thanks again for coming on the show. We've been getting amazing feedback from everyone listening to you. And today I want to start with a very simple but a big question. What's sales? Okay, you know what? Uh, that's an amazing question. I've actually uh, had to address that first with a lot of companies that I work with because we know what sales is, but we don't really understand what sales is about. In my view, sales is the most noble profession on the planet. Now, let's look at understanding what is sales from two perspectives, okay? Firstly, any company, it doesn't have to be real estate, any company, there's always this friction, there's this divide in every company that the salespeople are on one end and every other department is on the other end. And they have a bone to pick that sales gets all the attention, sales gets all the incentives, they are the muscle of the company, sales has all these events going on, they get the promotions fast, all of that, and we do all the hard work on the background, and salespeople come to us, they don't even understand how hard we work, and you hear this everywhere. The first thing I would like to say to anyone who is in a back-end function is learn to respect sales. When you book a nice Christmas buffet lunch, or let's say you have an Eid holiday, you decide to book in a five-star hotel and you go with your family, sales has paid for that. When your kids are traveling overseas, you put them in these really good colleges, remember sales has paid for that. When your mom calls from home, Egypt, India, Lebanon, UK, and she needs money for a surgery and say, mom, don't worry, I'm gonna send the money to you, sales paid for that. So you need to respect sales. Every single department, you have the job, your, your family eats, there's food on the plate every day because sales is bringing that in. So your role should be actually the opposite of what you're doing right now. You should be walking up to sales and saying, how can I help you? What can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Because sales is the reason why you have everything going well for you in life. The fancy car you drove today, sales paid for that. Now. What does this mean for you if you're on the selling side of the company? This is not meant to make you feel arrogant or to walk with your head held high. This is actually meant to humble you. You have to recognize that there's a serious, huge responsibility that you carry. When you wake up every morning, there's 200 people in the company and their families. There's almost a thousand people who are depending on you. You are putting the food on their table. You are sending their kids to school. You're paying for that mom's operation. Sales is meant to humble you. You carry an incredible amount of responsibility. It's not just about you. Now, that is inside the company. But what about outside the company? I have this prospect, 8 million he's putting on the table. His blood, sweat and tears, his hard earned effort has gone into making this money. Now, for me as a sales guy, it's just a transaction. But no, it might have taken him 20 years to have this kind of money. And now he wants to put it into a dream house. He wants to take his wife and kids and live in that house. To you, it's just a transaction. But if that is not a good community and that's not a good house, now I'm stuck in it with my wife and my kids. I can't even sell it in the market because I know I'm going to lose money because you didn't give me something that's really good. So your role as a, as a salesperson is an incredibly responsible role. It should humble you and not make you arrogant. 
about the way you make your money and the lifestyle that you live. You are the reason 200 other people in the company are enjoying that lifestyle. So to me, it's the most noble profession on the planet. But everybody needs to respect sales. And yet, because of the massive uh, mispractice happening and how people are abusing it, we find that salespeople or sales rep are the most hated people on the planet. They are being labeled as annoying, uneducated, uh, sorry, uneducated. That means like if you're really not good at schools, go to sales, which is totally wrong because for me, sales is like a mix of psychology, it's a mix of art, it's a mix of everything. It's a mix about how to make new friends, how to make people feel like they, they have someone in this country, they can be the ears and the eyes of an international investor, they can be a friend, they can take care of their family, they can be so much more, but yet because of the mixed practice, we are having this very bad reputation and I'm sure me and you today are here and we're filming this episode and we're doing this academy and we're doing everything just to make sure that we can change this perspective in the city where everyone will start respecting salespeople, respecting brokers and elevating and changing the game of real estate. You see, for this change to happen, you don't have to worry about your customer. Your customer is building his perception based on the way he's been handled. So the work starts with us. We in sales, one, have to have the sense of pride in what we do, but we have to have the belief that we are actually making a difference, both to our clients as well as to the others in the company. So it starts with us. And the reason why many of the malpractices exist is, I would very comfortably say 95% or more of people do not even understand the true nature and beauty of the sales profession. And that is the reason why, like you said, anyone comes in, Mickey Mouse comes in and he tries to sell. Honey always attracts flies. But we need to understand that there is a, there's a cost to everything we do. Tomorrow there could be this young, enthusiastic, energetic person wanting to join this company. When he comes in and when he wants to make his first phone call, he's going to come under the shadow of that big cloud. And the responsibility of that cloud lies with us because we haven't understood it. Many of the companies that are sales driven have only looked at the bottom line and have never taken the time to, in, uh, to integrate the ethics and the beauty of selling in their onboarding, in their inductions, helping people understand what is sales, whether front end or back end. That's the reason we have this mess. Give us a few examples about prospecting. I know there are tons of ways to prospect, but give us a few which are the most valid and paid for. Okay, great. Uh, again, I would like to break that into above the line and below the line. By below the line, I mean inter in, uh, internally within the company. Above the line is actually quite easy. If you have the intent, if you are good at what you do, if you reflect and represent your brand, people will talk to you. Okay, the only reason people will not talk to you is they feed of your own apprehension and fears and they don't want to come to you. So the key is first understanding the personality of your product. What is it that you're trying to sell? Because that then tells you where is the place you need to go to find the prospect. There's a personality of a prospect that resonates with the personality of the product. If you're looking for uh, someone to buy a Rolls Royce, you wouldn't go to a shop where it was 10 dirhams for every item on sale. 
So I must first understand the personality of my product. What is my industry that I'm in? What is the kind of product that I'm selling? From there, I'll begin to identify my channels that I have to go to for the prospecting. Now, those could be attending events. It could be business breakfast forums. You might just walk into a club for a round of golf one day. There's the Dubai, uh, Dubai luxury uh, yacht uh, boats exhibition. Turn up there when boats are 8 million to 25 million. That's where you're going to find your person. But when you go there, don't go looking as a sales guy. Go looking as a person who's expensive. So the first thing is when you go to prospect, don't look like a salesperson. We already know that people don't trust salespeople. They have this negative perception about the industry. And if you walk up with a board that says, hi, I'm a sales guy, why would anybody want to talk to you? Dress like them, look like them. If it is an event, it's a summer event and it's casual and people are out there, go smart casual. But one tip, if you're going to a boat show, Get to the website of the boat show before you go. Find out what are the high points this year at the boat show. Give yourself talking points. Your talking points are not going to be real estate and downtown and Palm Jumeirah. It is going to be the boats to start with. People buy from people they like, but people like people like themselves. How are you going to build the connect with them? So they need to get this feeling that you are into boats. And somewhere in that conversation comes the opportunity where you might want to introduce something else. So that's uh, what you should be doing. You should be getting onto LinkedIn. I get so many prospects on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where people will connect with you. I mean, the platform is meant for networking. It, all you have to do is get onto the top of your page and put managing directors. You'll get 6,000 names in Dubai alone. And then you go vice president and then you go CEO. On LinkedIn alone, you can create an effective uh, database of about 50,000 people in just Dubai alone that you can speak to. So when a salesperson is telling me that they don't have leads in the pipeline, I really don't understand what they're talking about. Now, the second way you prospect, apart from using all of these platforms, is the people that you speak to. It doesn't mean that every one of them is going to buy from you, but they too are sources of referrals. If you've been brilliant in what you did, if you've built the right kind of relationship, if they've seen the value to what you're doing, there is nothing that prevents you from talking to these people and getting references to others. Now, those are, there are techniques to do those, which is what we want to cover in our training sessions. But you never look at only a person who has bought from you to be the source of lead generation. You can generate leads from a person who hasn't even bought, but they are willing to agree with you that what you showed me made sense. It was a good opportunity. but for me right now i don't think so but it is a good opportunity that's what i have to be able to leverage on and i'm able to get leads from these people now the third one for me and probably in my view the the saddest one the ignored one is the leads that are in our own database you see we are all in this we're putting money into platforms we're generating a lot of leads at the front end and it's good we need to do that because we have to fill our pipeline but you've got leads in your business that have just fallen through the cracks three months ago six months ago a year ago now some of these are shuffled among people but i'm willing to guarantee that over 90 percent of the leads that any company has actually generated in the last few years is simply sitting there now these are inbound leads people who contacted you they had an interest at some point they're pre-qualified clients you, it's not a cold call there is no threat of a rira and a fifty thousand fine you have a reference point into the conversation because you have past history with these people so they, it's just so much easier to get in touch with them because these are qualified people i call them potentials leads convert into prospects 
the prospects will convert either into a client or they become a potential now what do i mean by a potential they have the potential to buy in the future they have the potential to generate more leads for you they are also your most credible source on the mood of the market and the perceptions that are existing out there there is just so much you can get from these people but they are sitting i call it the sales graveyard they are in the business now here's something which a lot of companies haven't thought about or sales people for that matter if you have so many leads sitting untapped in your own databases that is the exact plight of the new leads that you're creating because your past behavior is the best indicator for future performance right. the new ones that are going to come in 3 months later 6 months later guess where they are but they came in warm with an interest and now they're sitting in a graveyard on a huge pile of money so get back to your existing leads go back to the one 6 months ago a year ago pick it out now you are in a stronger position because when i spoke to you a year ago i couldn't convince you or show you that the market is actually in an upward trend or even their situation was not could, and the situ- agree yeah. completely the situation could have changed completely and as a result these are people who are so easy to talk to your effort roi goes much much higher in these cases so to me i think this too is your strongest uh, lead generation uh, source correct this is like that everyone like your 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 contact and your phone this is multi millions or billions sleeping over and the best way to do it without being annoying and calling them on every project is by nurturing them and you can nurture them by sending them once a month an email it doesn't have to be on every release because we have 6 7 releases a week but you can send the once a month email by showing the new project coming new prices you can even mention the rules and the regulation the new stuff coming from the government the, the golden visa rules everything coming together and let them just keep feeding with this info and eventually by the time that they feel like Yes, we are confident that's the right time to jump into the opportunity. They're going to contact you and it's not a dead lead. Yeah. And you see, I've learned one thing in sales now. Uh learn to give before you receive. If I'm an investor today and if there is a launch of a particular project, I will get 30 PDFs today all saying exactly the same thing from different agents. That's because I'm, I get to read the salesperson as only being interested in himself. But send a report. I just did this two weeks ago. The Knight Frank report has come out where 13.5% is the anticipated increase in uh, prices in Dubai next year. Globally, it was 2.7%, which has been dropped to 2%. But Dubai is at 13.5%. Now, you'll see this being posted on a lot of Instagrams by people. How many of them are using it in a targeted way? In the last one year, you have been talking to... 100 150 200 300 people why are you not sending this kind of information to them and this info should be sent to the people who are saying dubai will die out after expo even though we saw dubai fly out more after expo and this is the kind of data absolutely this is yeah. the reason why i'm saying the potentials in the business you have evidence with which you can go back to them now you send it to them the ones who said no but you also send it to the ones who bought from you let them know that you were not there for them in the selling process is it the great even decision after that yeah. that this is a reinforce and hey okay, this is a different broker he's got me in mind he's showing me what's happening in the market and by the way whenever you send that 
just drop in a little voice note on our whatsapp and say hey anthony hope things are going well listen i know you'll be you've invested in the market i think this study will be something that you're interested in i'll give you a call in a couple of days just to see if you got any questions about it and through that call when you get in there you have an opportunity to generate more leads through referrals and an opener for a conversation absolutely if doctor tell me something now i've been noticing a lot that there is a lot of very good agents they are doing the job perfectly but they don't know how to ask for the sale or how we say it go for the kill you know that final stage how can they make it in a nice way where they don't feel like they're being pushy or or even for the ones that they have bit of shyness in them how they can do it in a very professional way all right okay let me give you the answer from two three perspectives so until let's say you are hungry you've had no food for two days and you're hungry would you go and ask for food i will break places to get the food <laughs> so it's the same here okay you've got to be hungry enough to want what is there on the table people are not going to volunteer and give it to you now that means you've got to have belief in what you're selling if you know that the product is really good and you believe it is of value to the person there's no reason for you to hold back but i think it's more more psychological to most sales people their understanding is that closing happens at the end of the sale closing never happens at the end of the sale never ever clients don't go through the whole process and then wait at the end and say okay do i want it or do i don't want it they're making up their mind along the way My job as a salesperson is to have multiple closures through the process. I close them out on smaller things bit by bit and as they tick each box in their own head they're automatically convincing themselves and they are even more ready to go for the close. So when you say do the pulse check. That's the pulse yeah. check I'm talking about. At every stage you do a pulse check. the key the purpose of it is to see the emotional investment of the prospect with me at that point of the process and if he's invested with me at that point excellent use a power word that's a close and then you go to the next stage you know people need reassurance when in their own mind at every stage they are getting that reassurance they are already into the game closing never happens at the end you start with a warm up you end with a wrap up The wrap up is simply the administrative part of closing the deal. Now, if you believe in what you're selling, if you're hungry for it, if you have done your pulse checks throughout and you've got a good yes with the right tonality in the client at every step of the way, closing, you are more confident yourself when you reach that point because you've done all your checks and at every stage the feedback has been good. that itself helps you but when you don't do the feedback in the process you're sitting there wondering why what's going to happen at the end you hit this speed bump at the end of this smooth journey and that's what happens with people now there's another reason for this you see sales people don't understand this but most clients unconsciously are expecting the sales person to help them with the close it's the other way around you are responsible for the entire selling process you cannot be responsible for lead generation rapport building qualifying presenting and then you leave the client to do the closing you are responsible for the process it's their way because they are having a certain nervousness they've had some bad memories they've had certain negative experiences so they're sitting there i like what you're showing me i like the way you presented it makes perfect sense but just help me get over that last bit and if you are not asking for it and if you are allowing these 
moments of silence to come into the process. The client is thinking of how to get out of it rather than how to get into it. So you don't want to keep these gaps in there. You need to go and ask for it. And there are several techniques that you can use for this. Uh, I'll just share one technique, for example. We call it a one, two, three build-up technique, a positive affirmative close. So for example, I might say something like this. I will, after I've done my presentation, I've answered all the objections, I said, so Anthony, you've seen how this particular opportunity will get you some very good returns, haven't you? At that point, you would get a yes. I'd say, perfect. And we've also answered every question that you have about this opportunity, haven't we? And then comes a yes. We'll say, well, in that case, why don't we just finish the paperwork on this so we discuss next step, shall we? Yes. You see what happens? I set them up through a yes, and then a yes, and then the yes will come. It's all coming in his subconscious. Plus, I've had yes, the yes, multiple yes, yes. yeses all the way through the process. So that is an example of a good technique, an affirmative close. And there are several other techniques that you could use, which, when you are watching us on Take Charge Academy, we'll share all of these techniques with you. Would you say it's better to have a scripted pitch or just to freestyle it and go with the flow depending on what type of clientele you're talking to or, or a bit of mix of the two? Okay, uh, what I am 100% in favor of is a structure, not so much a script, okay? Scripts work, no question about it. Scripts work, but there are a couple of challenges. I'll talk about that later. The structure is important. The structure holds everything that you're going to say together. If people simply learn a script, but they don't understand why it has been formatted that way, they will not say it with the same conviction because they don't understand what is happening at that moment. The structure cannot be compromised with. The words within it, you can change it based on the personality of the person you're talking to as well as your own personality. But certain words would be there in a script at a particular point which cannot be touched. So in good sales training, when scripts are being taught, the people should be told which words are sacrosanct. You can't touch these words, you can't shift them around. First introduce them to the structure. People will see the logical build up to the structure. When you create a building, you start with the foundation. It has a infra, a solid superstructure comes up and then you gloss it over with everything else which gives it the final personality. But you can never mess with the foundation and the structure. So that's one thing. The second thing is when scripts have been written and sadly, this is the reality, scripts require a lot of attention to detail. They're very methodical. So they are typically written by left brain people because only left brain people pay attention to detail, love the structure and the sequence and they go logically step by step. But the trap in this is a left brain person is blind to the fact that 60% of buyers are right brained. So I have a left Everything starts from the right brain. Yeah. So I have a left brain script, beautiful script, makes perfect sense. But now I have this script that will excite and engage 40% of the buying community, but it will actually lose 60% of the buyers or prospects. So in writing scripts, it becomes very important that we take a whole brain balanced approach, that we are able to put language in there that appeals to both sides of the head. It's not just about the detail and the structure, it's about the influence, inspiration and the impact. All three have to come together. If we can keep these in mind, have a strong structure and then you doctor your script to take care of your left and right brain, then you're in with the winner.
Doctor, let's do a kind of uh, scenario in here. So I spoke with someone on the phone. I gave them some very nice information about a project coming up. And this person said, uh, okay, I want to meet you with my wife. Amazing. We picked up location. We said we're going to meet in downtown at 4.30. Definitely being a professional person, you have to be there earlier to check what's the latest inventory, what happened in that project. Make sure you are ready. Client texts me, Anthony, I'm in the parking. Just parking and coming upright to you from here guide me about how will be the perfect scenario by me meeting him on the door greeting him walking him taking him on the model give me this you know like let's make it as kind of structure all right you mentioned model so i'm assuming we're talking about an off-plan scenario in a developer's yeah. office okay great well the first thing is when i meet with the person is how i even greet the person is very important and when you walk them into the sales center, what is really, really critical is that you don't go to any model directly. Because typically brokers work in partnership with a salesperson at the center. Correct. And you don't want to undermine or discredit or downplay the impact or the role of the salesperson. Because at the end of the day, assuming we are both being professional about it, the salesperson has got more credibility about his own product. As a broker, you have credibility about the market, but you would never know any particular product better than the sales guy who sells that every day of his life. The mother knows the baby the best. So my job is to partner with a professional salesperson in the developer's office, which means that I must naturally have a build up to the process. Let's take an example. I've got some idea about what this client is looking for and I walk into a sales center and we go straight up to a model. You'll see this happening all the time because the design of many of the sales centers is not really the best. It is not designed to engage the flow of the selling process. It is designed to create high impact. And what's the thing that gives the highest impact in a sales center? People standing, seeing each other. Signing. And your models yes. and the master yeah, yeah, plans. Yeah. But then understand what's happening. You are actually making the presentation part of the process come to the front of the process. So what happens is I walk in and there is no way you can stop a client from walking up to a model when he sees something, especially if it's got lights and flowing water and stuff like that. He's going to go up to it straight away. So the model is set in the wrong place to start with. So we have to be very careful when we are walking into the sales centers, engage with the client, keep talking to the client, keep so it step generic. Step by step, meet him on the door, greet him, thank you for coming, and it's then, a pleasure meeting you with your missus and walk, walk them, them to have a sit down. I ask Absolutely. them what you would you like to drink. Yeah. You now, know what, why, sorry to cut you off, but I, I want to talk as if we're talking to kids or children, you know, because lots of people are watching us. They have no idea about real estate and they want to jump in it. So when we are walking with them, shall we guide them by walking in front of them? Shall we walk behind them or shall we no, walk no. straight to them as equal? You have to walk as equals. Okay. okay? The first thing is once, once you have greeted them, never say things like, please follow me. You're not talking to a baby or a pet. Please come with me. Okay. And as you're walking along with the person, good eye contact, casual conversation, simple things like, was it easy for you to find the sales center? Mm -hmm. 
uh, was there someone to greet you for the parking? Keep it casual. Now here's the key, this is the secret. You should know the sales center you're going on to. So if the models are coming on my left, I want to position myself in such a way that my client stands here and I'm on the right of the client. Because as I'm talking to him, his eye contact is with me as we are talking, not on That's what's happening here. Yeah. So I walk him through, but where his attention is with me. That's why if I'm walking ahead of him, he does last thing he wants to see is my back. So he's going to look around for something to catch his attention. If I'm silent when I'm walking, he's still going to look around. It's what we all do. When we go to a place, we look around. The only way I can stop you from really looking around is by engaging with you. So I engage with you and I take you to sit you down, get into the conversations, do a bit of a sell job on the salesperson that you're meeting. Why this guy is absolutely amazing to work with. How he has helped so many of your clients. How he brings out the kind of questions you might have not even thought about, but are very relevant before you put your 4.8 million. That's the reason why so many of his clients are recommending their family to him. And he's the person I have arranged to meet with us today. Make him look good. Now, if I go straight to the model, I can't stand silent to the model. So what do I end up doing? I start pitching. But are you the best qualified person to pitch at that model? Can you give all the answers? Do you fully understand what this person is going to be in, uh, investing in? I may have some idea about it. But once we sit and talk, it is possible to get him interested in something even better. Even if you are, you shouldn't do it. Like, no, you shouldn't. Let me tell you about my experiences. So many times that happens that Upon me greeting them and sitting down quickly for a coffee, I can tell immediately if this husband is the full decision maker, if the wife is too quiet, but eventually she's the one that has the influence. And once you get to understand the character, if the wifey is the one who's in charge, I always used to give more attention to the wife, believe it or not, because I know whenever she's going to say yes, yes, no, okay, he's going to say yes. Even it's going to take him a week, she's going to keep nagging on his head until she gets the property. Also, when this salesperson comes, you always need to show that you are the side of this couple. You're coming with them. So if this salesperson is trying to sell them a much higher in price property, even though that it will benefit you and himself of a higher commission, you tell him, no, listen, these are not clients. These are friends or these are referrals from friends and we need to give them the best of the best. So anyway, you kind of do like the, you, I don't know, you are in charge of the interests of these people and this will give them confidence that yes, he really cared for us, he picked the best units for us and this is guaranteed of getting the referral. Absolutely, completely. People buy from people they like, but people like people like themselves. So they do need to see that you are representing them. And this actually should be part of your early strategy whenever you go and partner with any salesperson. That's how I work with them. I will not just work with any salesperson. I sit down with the salesperson and say, listen, I'm going to work with my network and I'm going to be bringing them to you. Now, let's agree how we are going to work with each other going forward. I need to demonstrate to you that I have the capability of bringing you really qualified people because your time is important as well, but then so is mine and my clients. So I need to know from you also, you need to be able to demonstrate to me as to why you are the best person for me to bring my clients to. So I have questions which I would use with these kind of salespeople to pre-qualify the salesperson as well, not just my client. If I do all the hard work and it's a 7.8 million villa and I bring them to the table and I haven't pre-qualified the quality of the salesperson I'm getting them to, it's going to disappear.
So I think this is the responsibility of a good broker. In fact, I also know as a broker, I am working on behalf of the developer. I believe you talk to any owner of a developer, a company, a CEO, they would love a broker who qualifies and identifies the good salespeople because that's when the transaction happens. So I am supporting and helping the developer, the good salesperson, my clients and myself. Everybody wins. But that is the role of a professional broker. And once you bring people in there, do your pulse checks, show that interest, don't sell to a client, help your parents buy, help your brother or your best friend buy. Once people see that intent, they're always going to work with you. Doctor, tell me how to handle a situation where you have an actual buyer or an investor, but they have been abused in the market. And I'm using the word abuse because it's all because of the ignorance and the incompetent ways of this sales representative that they made them feel like everything is a scam. So how can you approach this person and just try to clean up the mess of others? Understood. Okay. Now, as a broker, your only credibility is yourself. So whenever you meet with a client, they are going to come in under the shadow of an industry. This is any industry, regardless the in industries carry perceptions of themselves. And whoever is working in that industry does carry the same. You, when you are meeting with them, what needs to happen is regardless of how they perceive the industry, they need to perceive me as being professional, which means as a broker, you have to work on your structures, you have to know your introductions, your entry points, you should be a master of the uh, market that you're working in, positive, open body language, confidence, intent to help. These are things people can see without you putting it into words. So if I know who I am, I know what I have done for my clients. I don't have to tell you, Anthony, I've worked with 200 clients and they're all very happy with me. I don't even need to do that. That's probably a cheesy sales line that's been created. All you need to do is to show the intent that you are there to help. You answer the questions, be absolutely honest. For example, if you were to ask me a question and I didn't have the answer, you don't lie. I would simply say, Anthony, that's a great question. I just want to be sure before I give you the answer on that. Let me check for you, check on that for you before two o'clock today. I'll they will the appreciate answer. it more. 100%. Because if I do that, then let's say they ask me a question again later and I give the answer, they're more inclined to believe it because when you did not know, you owned up. But if you try to work your way through it and they sense the answers are not strong, then even when you give credible answers later, they will tend to doubt it. So I think it really boils down to being transparent, being open, using good third-party techniques and references, I'll give an example of that, and being a master of what you do. I sum these things up in the four C's. Uh, the first C that I talk of is compatibility. Am I likable enough to do business with? Can they relate to me? They're buying a home. I'm not selling a product. They're buying into an experience. They, their kids are going to live in that. Is that likability, professional likability there? So that's what we call compatibility. The second thing that we see in there is capability. Capability is my technical competence, my knowledge, my approach, the skills that I bring, the body languages that I'm using, reading, the influence techniques that I have, where they don't see the technique, but they get the influence. That is important. The third is credibility. Now, credibility is what do you have as a legacy for yourself? 
this company that you represent, the product that you are presenting, all of these are part of the legacy, the credibility that is important. Because in many cases, for example, since we are talking off plan here, I'm investing in sand, I'm investing on a paper. This you're telling me will be handed over three years later, five years later, with a two year delay, seven years later, and you're asking me to put 7 million. Of that, I have to put 1.4 million now, 20% right now on sand. So the credibility becomes very important. The legacy, this is why I always tell uh, brokers, whenever a client is talking to you, tell the client, before you even agree to a meeting, check the background of the developer, check their legacy, check their reputation, check their track record of deliveries, check how the communities that are handed over are currently performing, check the yields in these communities, check how these uh, developers are perceived in the market. Very, very important. You want to do these before you put your 1.4 million on the table. This is all part of the legacy. That's the, third, that's the credibility. And then the fourth is clarity. By clarity means you have to be honest, open and transparent. There should be no confusion. What are you actually trying to say? What, what did he actually mean? People should not walk away from the conversations with doubts in their head. They're coming with it anyway. Because you're a sales guy. How many of us trust salespeople? Almost no one. Then there is the reputation of the industry which adds to it. And now you go and feed that by giving them more doubts about yourself. You really want the deal to close? Focus on these four. Your, uh, your capability, your compatibility, your credibility and your clarity. And to have all of this, you must join Tech Charge Academy, where you will be getting all of this into details and transforming into a very successful salesperson. Doctor, we're gonna end up this episode. Uh, today we are the 19th of December, another 12th day for the end of 2022. So what kind of advice you have to give to our listeners for the end of 2022 and another advice for the start of 2023? Okay, great question, Anthony. Uh, it's something we most we don't focus on because what everyone is focusing on now is what? The holidays. Argentina won, everybody's in celebration <laughs> mood, right? It's great. It was a very good game. Yeah, it was a great game, no doubt about it. But that game is not putting money in your bank account. Correct. All right. It's getting you rusty over the weekend. You'll go out, you'll have a couple more drinks, you'll celebrate, you'll wake up with a migraine, you'll call in and you'll come in at one o'clock in the afternoon. The game actually costs you money. That's what happens with us. And as we get into the holiday season, people are lazy, people are relaxed. And they will turn around and tell you, clients are lazy, clients are relaxed right now. Everyone no. says, call me in January. Yeah, yeah. so, but it's, people are still closing deals. That's happening now. It's we who are making the excuses. So I think what's important is that we should not get, take our foot off the pedal. Now, I'm sure you've heard of a concept called second wind. Second wind is something that uh, uh, long distance runners, marathon runners are very familiar with. It's the body's ability to reach into itself and pull out from its reserves of oxygen, energy, uh, to be able Usually to continue. Usually it's a double power. Yes, but the second wind never comes out in the beginning. You exhaust what you naturally have and you reach a point which is a breaking point. Literally every part in your body is starting to shut down. Your mind has shut down long ago. Now the body is following along with it. And your mind is screaming to you saying, stop, you've done enough, you need to rest. You need to rest. But marathon runners understand that there is a surplus energy within their body which they want to access. 
you finish strong on the second wind never on the first one and records by the way are broken on second wind not on the first now what does that mean for us in sales you may have run through your first wind now you might be saying it's all over now is when it begins you may be slowing down but you need to speed up because there is a second wind 10 days is enough to turn your year around 10 days is enough to put more prospects in your pipeline so q1 of next year becomes excellent for you so now is not the time to slow down you slow down only when you have hit twice your target and you have that money in the bank account but you have to already start thinking about 2023 2023 is on us before we know it it's here if you want to make money by the end of january 2023 you should be talking to people now you can't slow down to talk if you slow down now you are missing your january 2023 target where is the game plan i've been working with quite a few companies recently and i've been asking this question to all the brokers i am still to see a single plan for 2023 in any brokerage company that their developer broker that their brokers can show me they don't have it Now let me ask you another question. Would you get onto a plane where the pilot came on and he announced saying, "Listen, our flight to London is going to take six and a half hours. I don't plan to use any instruments. I have no flight path or pattern. I'm not going to go by the directions. But I've been to London a few times before, so I'm going to wing it and I'm going to take you to London. Would you sit on such a plane? Of course. All right. Now let's take another scenario. You want to join a company. right and you're in an interview and then you ask the company so what are your plans for 2023 and the company says oh we don't have any plans we do it based on how we did it in the past we've got the experience to do this we know what we've been doing and we're good at it would you want to join such a company so if you wouldn't want to join such a company if you wouldn't want to get onto such a plane why would you bet on yourself in exactly the same way if you're getting into 2023 and you do not have a plan in place I'm already telling you your Q1 is going to look very weak. And if you want to repeat what you've been doing it before which is not paying off and still repeating it expecting a different result. That's insanity, yeah, right? That's insanity. That's correct. insanity, absolutely. Doctor, that has been amazing. Thanks a lot for coming in. For everyone who's celebrating Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Guys, the registration of the Take Charge Academy will be opening in the first week of January. Feel free to reach out to have more information. Also, if you wish to ask myself or Dr. Anand any question for the coming episode, please feel free to just drop it down in the comment. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel.